I'm McKinney Smith. In 2009, while going through a divorce, I decided to jump straight into entrepreneurship. In 2012, I lost my sister and asked myself, what legacy do I want to leave behind? Since then, I've become a serial entrepreneur, helping other women publish their books, produce their podcasts, and reach their big goals to walk in their greatness. I realized the importance of sharing our stories of resilience and how it can be another's guide to walk in a manner worthy of their calling. We are blessed to be a blessing. So get ready to be blessed with an inspiring testimony. Hey, Legacy Leavers, thank you for joining us on the Awaka My Stilettos podcast, the top 1.5% most popular show in the world where we have conversations with amazing women that are letting us step into their shoes. I help women to own their voice so they can create impact, prosperity, and legacy. I get inspired when I see another woman succeeding, but what interests me more is her backstory and her mindset on how she got there. So today's guest is about to bless us with her testimony. And since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. Today we have Dr. Nadine Wong. She is the CEO of Alabaster Wellness Clinic, founder of Alabaster Gate Charity or Children's Charity, a creator of Alabaster Beauty Ointment Products and author. She's a woman with many designations, doctor of Trichology, is that how you pronounce that correctly? Okay. (laughs) Integrative medicine, uh, homeopath, and clinical therapy. She's a wellness practitioner who specializes in hair mineral analysis as the means to determine possible causes of autoimmune diseases, mental health, hair and scalp, and their disorders. So please welcome to the show, Dr. Nadine Wong. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm so honored to be on this platform. I have stuck my legs, my feet in these stilettos and I'm ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on and share your story with us. Um, You know, even when I reached out to you, it's like we spoke on a panel together a couple of years ago and in my spirit, because I was like, I like her. I need to stay connected to her. And, you know, life would have it. You get busy with things. And, but it was like, God kept giving me these whispers to reach out to you. And I was being very disobedient at first, you know, Uh your business card would fall out of a drawer when I was looking through something (laughs) or I was moving and something with your name on it would, would fall out of somewhere. And I'm like, why have I not reached out to you yet? So when I finally did, and you said, yes, I was truly honored. So thank you for agreeing to come on and share your story with us. I, once again, I, I am truly honored and there's no time like the present. Amen. Amen. Well, before we get to where you are presently, I like to start the show with a bit of a icebreaker question because I believe, you know, when we were kids, when our imagination was vivid and we were allowed to fantasize and dream about what we wanted to be when we grow up uh, before society told us to be realistic and tried to put us into a box, (laughs) I would love to know what did you want to be when you were a little girl? Believe it or not. I was on the path to becoming a supermodel. I was discovered by the top modeling agency in Jamaica, in Kingston, Jamaica, Pulse Modeling Agency. And they pursued me for a very, very long time. It didn't happen, of course, because my dad, God bless him, he his concept was study your book. But again, he he just 
that's basically what passes down, you know, what are the chances of a model being, you know, what we see today type of thing. So no, no um, ill feeling towards him. He was like, no, that's not the path that I want you to go. And, um, and of course they kept pursuing, but uh, I don't think he will, should he listen to this, he's going to hear this confession anyhow, because my (laughs) mother, (laughs) my mother, God bless her soul. She would, you know, get those smaller contracts and kind of be the guardian, the, the guardian wherever I was asked to do runways and so on. And again, I was still a budding child, but again, with the limbs, the the, the, the body, the elongated structure, I, I definitely, you know, modeled for some really good designer shows and charity events. So that out the box was just really what I was aspired to become. I love the arts. I'm a trained dancer as well. Like, you know, you do the the walls and I'm trained in that. So I definitely was very artsy. Um, But there was a time in my life within that same time frame where I remember, and, and I mean, I don't know if anybody remember this, but there was a time I remember watching my aunt and she was a scientist of the family. And this is my aunt on my dad's side, because I was raised with my dad, the Wong side of family. And um, I remember getting a bowl of cornflakes cereal, right? And I load up the bowl with cornflakes. And then, of course, you're going to add the milk. And then she said to me, if you add too much milk, the cornflakes is going to fall over. And in my little head, I'm going, how is that possible? And then... At that time, I said, the fact that she said that and she was a scientist, for that moment, I said, I need to be a scientist. <laughs> because how is it the boat that the cornflakes like it's gonna fall over, you know? So I thought maybe I should be a scientist, just like my aunt of some sort. But 90% or 99% of really what I, I thought I would have become was uh, you would have seen me on on Broadway on the arts whether I was, you know, doing the, the swan lake dance or, you know, I, I was standing next to Tara Banks or Naomi Campbell in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love Okay. So this is where I get really curious because if that's what you wanted to be when you're a little girl, like how did you get to where you are presently? Like this woman with oh, all these designations now, like share that story. <laughs> I would love to hear that journey. I want to tell you that the author and the finisher of my fate, he had a plan because the, I, I, the, Dr. Nadine Wong, it, it came to me. It's not something I went looking for. The challenge, I had a learning dyslexia. So learning dyslexia and scientists is never something that goes in a sentence. Right. And because I knew of my challenge, but at the time, it's not something that you could say, hey, what's up, Um, Nadine? And, you know, I see words backwards or they float around or, you know, it's not something you talk about because, you know, they jeer at you and so on and so on. Um, So I I didn't really talk about the challenge, but the challenge was there. Mm -hmm. And I really I, I just really didn't understand what was happening. And I just didn't want to be teased. So I kept it to myself. But I found other creative way of learning, like rhythm, memorizing, to do studies, I would memorize it to the lyrics of songs. So I would take up the lyrics and then the beat was my, you know, my inspiration. So I know when it's getting to a particular height in line, I know that's a multiplication. I know that was a divide. <laughs> so, again, I was very artsy. 
And that's basically how I overcame. It was hard. It was very, very hard because everyone around me, you know, I, I'm from a large family. They were just, you know, they closed their eyes and they were getting AA plus, mm-hmm. you know, and I was barely holding on to the bottom of a C, a B minus. And so there was, there was a lot of imbalance and, um, I just had to dig deep. I had to dig deep. And again, when you don't really know what's plaguing you, what it's about, and everyone is just, it's, they're grasping it so quickly. And there it is. You're going two ones is two, two, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Rhythm and there's, oh yeah, two is, but just, just to say it arbitrarily, it wouldn't happen. But once there was a rhythm behind it, it just came. It was like I was dancing on stage. I I became a different person. Uh So they were, there always had to be music or rhythm of some sort for me to memorize anything that I wanted. And then once I have that down pat, I could, what we call rap now, I, you, know, you could, <laughs> you could um, what's, you could battle the person saying, oh yeah, well, the square root of two is, you know, I <laughs> how I remembered it. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> there's so many things in there that I want to unpack. Because okay, let's do it. <laughs> like okay, so first we'll start with the power of music, right? Yes. As a mom to three kids, and I remember my mom when we were growing up, we used to get in trouble for playing music while we were studying, right? <gasps> but we understand now, like I watch my kids how quick they memorize music, yes. and yes. they can memorize yes. an entire album, but yet can't remember the science equation or, you know, those things. So the power of music um, and our memory, and then like for you to say that you are, you struggle with dyslexia and we've had women that have come on before that are doing amazing things that are also dealing with that challenge. But at the same time for you to be able to have all the many designations that you have, (laughs) Dr. Nadine Wong, (laughs) (laughs) That in itself is inspiration because, you know, traditional schools will Mm -hmm. make kids believe that, you know, you have to learn one way, whichever way they're teaching it in the classroom. And they expect these kids to all do the same and learn the same and all these things. And then they struggle throughout school, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because I have a child with ADHD and I know that she requires different ways of learning. Mm But I'm just so inspired that the fact that what? <laughs> yes, yes. And you know, um, I used to get in trouble for studying uh, to music as well, or, or studying with music. So what I would do when my parents were sleeping, I would put, you know, back in the days we know the boombox. Yeah. <laughs> I would put it under my pillow, and then lay on top of it. So as I was in my sleep zone. As a, as the music is going, all of the words itself, it, it you know, it, it becomes a, a lyric to me, a lyrics to me. Yeah. So in the morning, when everyone could talk about what they dreamt and stuff, I was just flowing, you know, wow. and that's just how I remembered it. I mean, it was enough to get me my passes. I remember taking uh, one exam like seven times and still failed. I still failed. So I'm not saying my strategy was perfect because there are other underlining factors that happen. Like I'll go back to the part about I was jeered. I mean, everyone around me was quicker. They never had that challenge, but I did. So there was a sense of trauma that I occurred that froze me. Every time I would see a book, a pen, 
it's like my brain shut down because I remember the words that were hurled at me. They weren't positive. Mm-hmm. So I had to get in that place of peeling back, layering back, and then, you know, reach deep within myself saying, come on, you can do it. And then the rhythm comes up. And, you know, there's one good thing about music, at least Bob Marty says it, when, when, when one thing about good music, when it hits you, you feel no pain. So that really, again, soothed me. Mm-hmm. And then I will pull up again, but it wasn't easy. Yeah. It wasn't easy when you're the only person, like a needle in a haystack or a black eye, you know, a whole sack of pee and everybody else is just going forward and you're just barely holding on and nobody understands. And you, you, you really can't say, you can't become vulnerable to say, listen, the words are going backwards. I'm not really understanding what is happening here because, you know, you don't want to be beat because that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to be laughed at because that happened. You don't want to be put in the specialty class, which is the worst thing they should they, they have ever created for kids. Um, you don't want to be singled out. Yeah. Right. So again, I, I relied on the rhythm in, in terms of the memory to to get me by. And and you know, that was that part of life. Now, if I should go fast forward in terms of so here is it now, I am in a place of adulthood. And when I share the story, people look at it negative, but I try to, again, I look deep into everything for the positive. I think that's the rhythm for me. And I remember, you know, just a a teenager, now I migrated here um, in in this beautiful country of Canada. And um, here is it, you know, you're young, you party every night, you go to school, you're working part-time, you're doing all of this. And at the end of the day, my dad says, so what is it you want to do? Because you go to school, you go to work, and you're at every party. Okay. <laughs> at some point, you know, that's going to fizzle out. Yeah. And um, at that point, I really didn't know what I wanted to do in terms of professional, my professional walk. What I was great at was listening. And my house was the house that everybody who was anybody will come, simply because my mom is a chef, a well-renowned chef. So there's always food there. You know how that goes. (laughs) (laughs) And I never had a curfew because my, my parents, we had this trust, um, trust. We we created this, this trust at a younger age. And um, the, it it was simple. It was a simple, simple procedure. And it's something I tell parents, you know, try this and see what happens. So when we were, as I said, at a younger age, um, my dad, uh, of course, our friend had, you know, a little party and my dad was like, okay, you guys go now. This is the timing. We left to go to the party at around 7 p.m. And we came back at 9 p.m. And my dad said, what kind of party could start? <laughs> so I said, but you never said what time. Right. Right. And then um, all he said to us was use your discretion. So our discretion is two hours later go home. So he says, no, obviously you're thinking. So go back to the party, use your discretion. So we came back maybe around 11 o'clock or something like that. So that was always the tag word um, during teenage uh, years is if I said, I'm going to go to spectrum or I'm going to go to this party or whatever the case is, all my dad would say is use your discretion. Right. So the older I got, I, I kept coming an hour later, an hour later. Should something happen, I will call. Right. right. So we never had that 
you know, like some, I'll be at some party and see par- uh, a parent walking in with a letter belt and saying, where is so-and-so? <laughs> I thought you were going to the library or something like that. <laughs> Never had that relationship. So as a result of that, everybody wanted to sleep over my house. <laughs> it was like pet to tail on the floor because we know we're going to go to a club, a party, and we can come home when the sun is coming up. And of course, in the morning, they get up to fresh pancakes because mom's cooking. Okay. So my house was just that cool type of house. So one day my dad said, okay, so really, what is it that you want to be? Because you're doing all the right thing, but clearly you're not establishing any foundation. And like I said, from then I was a great listener. I mean, I'm from a large family. So large family have issues. You know, you hear not the family in itself, but people are always around. So you you hear different you know situations and so on. So I developed great listening skills from an early age. So when this young lady's heart is broken, this young boy loves this girl so much, don't know how to talk to her. Of course, my ears was the ears that it filtered through. And of course, God's wisdom in me. Okay, why don't you try writing a letter or this one? What? So I, the, the advice was there. Hence, ended up at Centennial College doing social work. So I started that and I started to pursue that. And now this is where things get a little bit curvy. There I was settled in to become a social worker. And then my first boyfriend, word of wisdom through the the lips of a serpent said, (laughs) he said to me, why do you want to do this full time? Why don't you do this part time just to see in parenthesis, if you would like it. And I was like, okay. And that was the biggest mistake. <laughs> because you know what it's like. Yeah. You go to school part-time, you work part-time. Chances are the money is going to sway you from the education. And it just put a dent. <laughs> the next thing I know, I was now working more hours than going to school. Needless to say, I completed what I was doing, but at the end of the day, it's still, I still was not satisfied. So my dad says, why don't you go and do um, something that choir, you know, style and fashion, because we all know that now he's admitting, we all know you like to walk the runway. Can you believe that? How many years later? (laughs) I was like, did he just say that? Needless to say. So I enrolled at Marvel beauty school. And the objective was to do aesthetics. Again, it gets a bit windy here because I enrolled for that. But as soon as I was being admitted, I I, I don't know, the, the, the register, something she said, I said, no, I don't want to do that. I think I want to do, I want to go into cosmetology. So she's like, we have an opening, not a problem. Two weeks into the program, the teacher called me aside and she goes, I don't think this is for you. (laughs) And I said, what do you mean? She said, because the questions you ask, they're too intelligent. They're too scientific. I had no interest in styling hair. I wanted to know where the hair is coming from. Why as a woman of color, after we shampoo the hair, we got to go back in with some Dax and Vaseline. You know, so I had a lot of why, you know, as a parent, What's the worst thing a child could do? But why? But why? And I was like that to her. Every time she sees me, a Caucasian woman, she got red. Because the questions (laughs) that I'm riddling her with is like, why don't this woman leave me alone? Right. And it was so bad. 
that when we were doing demo on our beautiful textured hair, they had to ask us because they didn't know where to put the relaxer. And I was like, how is it you're the teacher getting a paycheck, but we're doing the demo? There's a problem. But in that, in that nest, there was an African teacher, instructor, and she pulled me aside and she said, you know, there is such a thing as the science of hair. And a light bulb went off. I said, science of hair? How come they've never taught us that? All we know, you cut it, you braid it, you burn it, you know, <laughs> you fry it, yeah. you have <laughs> to it, call it a day. Yeah. And she's like, no, there's, a, there's another entity. And when she said that, that's when, again, it, it was like a light bulb moment. So I left Canada and I went to the States. I had to create my curriculum because, again, what I wanted to do was unheard of, especially in Canada. So, and again, my, my story is this, is this is to encourage anyone who, when you see roadblocks, you know, they are what they are, but there are means around them. Right. Well, here is it now. I went to a seminar and one of the presenters was a trichologist. And for the first time, I had a conversation with someone somewhat in the, in the feel of what I was doing, and I didn't feel like an outsider, meaning we had the same verbiage. And after he finished uh, the presentation, I went up to him and said, hey, I'm Nadine Sonison. And when I spoke to him, he goes, you're to be a trichologist because everything that you're talking about is scientific. Mm. And the next thing you know, I was in Huntsville, Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> And I studied and I studied and I studied and the stu- it was so natural. The rhythmic method from then, it was just so natural for me now. And then I realized when you find what you love, what you love, everything has flow. Earlier you talk about being learned or taught in a box. That's the hardest thing. But when you find you tap into your creativity, it, it's you. I can do it in my sleep. Right. Yeah. So now here is it. We're talking about anatomy and physiology and nutrition and how everything works together and how the hair holds that story. And I was like, this is it. So to get to Huntsville, Alabama, it's another story because, again, I had no money. So what I did is at the time I started to build my own little clientele and I said to them, can you prepay? for your service. And because of what, what I used to do to hear when I used to, like, once I placed my hand on your head, I knew exactly what I had to do. I was mixing and dropping a bishop. I was growing. I was doing all of that before that was the norm. What I would finish with a person's hair, it was like a cascade. It was like a silhouette. It was like a song. It was like a rhythm. And people say, who and what? I said, I don't know what this girl does. But all she does, she touches, she dropped two drops of this and so on. And it was so rhythmic, honestly. I didn't want to do that for a long term because I was the youngest of the group in our association. And when I look at all these beautiful mothers, arthritis, back pain, all these, I said, I don't want to do that. I want to work with my mind, not just my hands. So when I shared this with the clientele that I had, they said, what do you need? I said, if you could prepay for this amount and every time you come, we minus it, at least it was cover my tuition. That happened. I didn't have money. So tuition and everything was paid. But remember, we're going to Alabama. (laughs) I didn't have any money for the ticket. 
all I saw was the end of what I am to become, right. not the process of what I was going through. As soon as I finished that, and now I'm, I'm full throttle certified trichologist, and I am sending all these samples because we used to send the samples back to the state for it to be processed before I got connected with a lab here in Canada. And you're like, how come a single clinic is just the numbers are you're like, it's like you have a, a million dollar company working with here. And I was like, I don't know the blessing of God, I guess. Let's make it happen. So when I completed that, I said, all right, so I would come back when I came back to Toronto. I really, it was a box that I, I didn't belong in anymore because there was no room for a trichologist. Everybody just knows a cosmetologist or a hairdresser, as they would call it, just someone to style. So when I was trying to fit in and I noticed that I saw a hairdresser took a pound of hair to sew onto three strand of hair of a lady, oh, my heart dropped. I went over and I said, you're going to lose your hair. And of course, the hairdresser kicked me out saying, you just cost me $1,000. But in my heart of heart, I said to myself, you are not going to become my patient because the um, alopecia traction, which is the reducing of the hairline, that's really what's going to happen. And she goes, you know, it's really, I said, yeah, you only have three strands of hair. And here's it. This lady's going to put a pound of hair in her head. One scratch and it's done. Even when you pat it, it's going to fall off. So I said, okay, I have to find my own foundation here. And I did just that. So there I was. And again, I'm very intuitive. I was just sitting and I'm looking around. And, you know, as women, you know, we like to get our due and so on. But there's something that happens to us psychologically that most women don't make the connection. I made the connection when a woman comes in and she's just over the moon because she just met the love of her life and she's getting all dulled up. Hair is fine. When they broke up, she come in. I don't care what you do, just dye my hair jet black. I tapped into the, the psychosocial of that decision. And mm -hmm. that led me to pursue psychotherapy or clinical therapy. I wanted to know when we think, how it reacts, what, what's the correlation. Yeah. So I went back to school and I completed that PhD. So that's two, three under my belts. And I'm looking and I'm making the connection. So now I know how to get to the place of relieving the mind. So when, for example, a lady who comes in and she broke up or she lost weight gain with some kind of a trauma. And the first thing you want to do is you want to cut it, the hair off. You want to braid it. You want to dye it. And I'll say, stop, never make a hair decision when you're in a state of trauma. Because chances mm -hmm. are you get up the next morning and you're like, what, who, where, when? Where yeah. were you when I was going through my divorce and chopped <laughs> off all my hair? <laughs> when I did the Halle Berry haircut. <laughs> there you go. So I was, and that's when I wrote my first book titled, What If Your Hair Could Speak, What Would It Say? And everybody thought it was a book about style because that's what your program. I said, no, it's a psychological book. So your hair, of course, on the top of your head, it's looking down at what you're doing. So it's recording all of that. That's the conversation the book was about, but most people didn't get it right? because they're looking for which product to use, what grease to put in and so on and so on. So that was the first one. So that those are the, the, the first three um, degrees that I got. Then here I am, I'm in this place where of course people are coming 
And one minute they are happy that they're healthy. The next minute I'm getting a, a text, a message so and so passed because they've gotten, you know, whether cancer or some autoimmune deficiency. I start researching and I said, wait a minute. When we look at the dynamics, the only thing that we have in common as human beings is the cosmetics that we use. So I decided to go back to school and I did pharmaceutical food science. Me, who had a dyslexia, are you listening to me? Listen, <laughs> I'm listening, I'm listening. So I, I went and really what I got out of that program was it's not the product in its rawness that factors ailments. It's the process. One of the things I remember we made and I was all excited, we're going to make tea tree oil. Tea tree in its raw state. But to get it from the raw state into the product, we have to use what is known as dichlormethane. And that's the chemical that's going to separate the, the sap from the product. When I look at the disclaimer, cancer, all these autoimmune, I said, how is it something mm -hmm. in its raw state mm -hmm. that is to help us by the time they process it and wash it, that residue is still in the product. Mm -hmm. So when you get a product and it has all these, they, they obviously have more than three ingredients, the chemicals, it's all wrong. Right. And that's when another light bulb comes. You got to create your own product line. Keep it as natural. Keep it as simple. And for that reason, when I make from the Alabaster Beauty ointment, they're made to order. There's no shelf life for a thousand years. Like when you go to some major store, you know, you remember seeing this bottle when you were a child and now you're a mother, of grandmother, and the bottle is still there, you yeah. know? So I understand uh, the longer you, you keep the, pro the preservatives, the preservatives, those are the key factors that suppresses our autoimmune system and, again, suppresses our health. Now, I, I speak on the platform about cancer in, in, our black, in the Black community. And this is just my theory in terms of why women of color, when we have cancer, when cancer impacts our lives, it's the most aggressive type of cancer. It's because we, as Black women, in terms of cosmetic, we expose ourselves most than any other race. And the skin being like a sponge, everything we put in, it goes through the dermis into our bloodstream. And as a result, it becomes us. Yeah. So when I started to break down the scientific factors and make the correlation, and you know, as I said, when I, I speak on these various platforms about health and make the correlation with health, beauty, and so on, all of this is the same duck. It's the same trajectory what we expose ourselves to, it, it becomes a cocktail, it's ingested within us, and then it's produced outside of us. And I as, and this comes now to the minerals, which I specialize in. And it comes back to the first thing, which is hairdressing, right? Yeah. Because hair holds history. Again, it coils, it releases out. But when we liquefy that from a scientific point of view, I can almost find out if it was at a great demand or, or something of an abundance that your mother, mother had, I still can locate it in your DNA through your hair. Wow. So that's the mean of treatment. So here it is now we're in a, you know, 2021, all these different things that are happening. I mean, with the past two years of the COVID virus, 
I mean, there are lots of person going forward that will, it's inevitable you're going to experience some kind of a mental break. It's, it's just, it's just one of those things. It, because what we were exposed to was traumatic. Now, how yeah. you deal with the trauma, yeah, it will show weight, skin, hair, nail, and so on, whether we like it or not. Some people, they forgot they'd stop exercising. The mindset shift, it was, yeah. it's just the law. It just definitely, it's a law of what happened. Yeah. And it's just a matter of time before it starts to manifest the hair, the skin, the nails, if it's not already in your behavior. So when we do a uh, hair mineral analysis, when I say a little uh, a hair sample, I'm not asking for your locks. Oh, just enough, you know, like here in Toronto, enough to cover a loony. Um, if you're not in Toronto, because this is an international platform, it's if you were to get four qu- quarters together, just enough to kind of cover that. Or if you were to put your thumb next to the, the finger and make that little okay sign, yeah. enough kind of, right. So that amount we we process. And then when that comes back, it gives me the meat and potatoes about your biochemicals, your hormone, even your libido, wow. uh, weight loss, weight gain, anything that is abnormal. Even if uh, someone's been like dyeing their hair for years or anything oh, like that. Yeah. We, we, we get right in because we're not looking at it out. I can't, if I have a dollar for every time patients come to see me, and they shampoo their hair before they come. And it's like, why do you do that? <laughs> We're not focusing on the external. We're going to liquefy it. So I'm getting into the meat and potatoes of you, not what you grease the hair down. <laughs> right. And then some people say, but how many of you know I have hair? You can provide the pubic hair. And every time I tell men that they get a kick out of it, I said, you will provide your pubic hair. Um, and if you don't have pubic hair, say you have alopecia uh, totalis or universal, where you absolutely have no hair at all, you can provide your nails because it's the same protein. It's just hardening right. the nails. Right. Yeah. So all of that is liquefied. And it, as I said, it gives me the meat and potatoes about everything that is happening. We don't use it as a diagnostic tool because I'm not a medical doctor, right? We just simply do natural medicine. But the means, the apparatus for me is the hair. And this is just how great God is. Because who knew when I was terrorizing (laughs) the instructor, you know, that this is where I'll be today, where now I am asked, sought after, to be a specialist Mm -hmm. in the field. So I've walked the path enough to know that, listen, this is not going to work. This is the best bet. And when it comes to health, hair is a beautiful cascade in able to identify root causes, which is really what I specialize in. Symptomology is what your medical doctor would diagnose. You have cancer, you have lupus, so on, because those are symptoms. Right. What I'm looking for is what mineral, which is what the hair is, is broken or not sending the message, the cohesive message in order for, for procreation of life. Because the, when the minerals are, there's a disconnect in minerals, that's what happens. That's what causes symptoms. And symptoms are what you know as the migraine, the lupus, you know, the cancer, the alopecia, and so on. So yeah. when people come in and say, listen, I have lupus or I have alopecia, no, 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 no. You were that you were told that by name, but I'm gonna ask for the symptoms and let's 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 retrace your step. Right. So we do the test and find the root cause. And at the end of the day, when we can literally it could be something as simple as zinc. 
like we, I said earlier about the mental state of mind in terms of what we have experienced with the, the overall COVID and stuff. And the body more likely will become depleted in something simple as copper. Right. When you're depleted in that, uh, the symptomology of that deficiency is known as depression, manic depression, bipolar. And I've gotten the patients who have gone to, you know, they've been in and out of all these various mental institutions where we do the tests half the time. It's just the key mineral is off. Once we bring their body in cohesion, the pharmacists have causes. What are you doing over there? Right. This person used to have a cocktail of of, um, prescriptions. And now they they only come down to one or they're no longer on them. Or the doctor said, what have you done? He says, oh, I went to see. And they're like, you don't even need the medication anymore. Wow. Medication have its perfect place. Right. But the body heals itself. Amen. Yep. So minerals are what we're, in order for us to have this conversation, it's minerals that has bind itself together in a, in a hardness. Our, prod, our body is a product of the mineral. God created the earth out of minerals. We are a product of the earth. Right. And it's based on minerals. And when I say minerals, it's like charge. Like uh, when you start the car and you heard that cranking sound, it's the spark plug, which is really what minerals are compared to, that sends the message to the battery for the car to go. Right. Our body is the same thing. The earth rotates based on minerals, right? So that to me is the, the common sense source. Let's get to the source of where we're coming from, who we are, the makeup, and the minerals are stored in our hair. So whatever, when I, I will say to a patient or person, if you're at a place of, listen, you, you've been to the, the, the medical doctors or you, you, you want a place of solution. Let me use that word. Yeah. You've had the back pain. You've had the migraine. You've taken everything there is. You've tried. You've tried. It worked today. It don't work tomorrow. Look now within yourself. Mineral analysis, the best time. And people say, but you're there and I'm here. I have worked on or with patients I've never seen as far as Watanama Bay out of India. All mm-hmm. we need is to send the sample to the clinic, call, mm-hmm. and then we do a virtual like we're doing now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's not too far fetched, but the objective is we allow your body or the samples from your body to indicate what it needs. So anything abnormal, as women, we have this cycle. You know, we have our menses. Some are going through menopause. The body releases abnormal odor, which are symptoms. It's nothing to be taken lightly, because mm-hmm. a lot of times your mineral need tweaking. Yeah. So hear your body because it speaks. And, you know, with your senses, you can realize, wait a minute, this never normally happened. So you're going to go through the changes. It's, it's important to know what's happening. Younger girls, acne, um, you know, the, the, the rapid development of, of these soft tissues coming out their body. Um, mothers who choose not to breastfeed. I mean, all of those things I can see. Right. I definitely can wow. see. And the most important thing I say to my patients, listen. I don't heal anyone. Only God does that, but he gives me the wisdom. Amen. Once you believe that you are healed in that which you believe, because at the end of the day, God is science. Yep. He creates everything, yeah. right? And that's where the, 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 the word of God in, I think, Proverbs 11, verse nine, it says, 
It's only through his knowledge are we delivered. That's it. So it comes back to, I had a dyslexia, but God had a plan. Amen. I decided I wanted to, I, I was to be a supermodel, but here's it every day. Look at me. I dress up. I'm walking on <laughs> <for> my own runway. <laughs> I'm walking up my own runway and I absolutely love it. And the scientific aspect, when I see ladies come in, men too, children, and you can reach them with God's knowledge, priceless, mm-hmm. priceless. There are so many things I heard in there that I, I want to unpack. <laughs> so first of all, okay. So for, for the women that are listening, because sometimes people will say, well, you know, I want to do this, but I don't know how, or I don't know what I'm supposed to do or whatever, whatever it is they, they say or use as an excuse mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to pursuing their dreams or their passion. Mm-hmm. From your story, I got, you just took one step and it was based on curiosity with every single step that led you to where you are today. Right. You, you didn't need to know all of the steps of the staircase. No. You no. took one step and the curiosity, you allowed yourself to explore and to try things and to see what was best for you and how you were able to function in your area of genius <laughs> to be able to, <laughs> to be able to be who you are today. Like yes. the, the child who had dyslexia is now the woman with all of these designations who is quite genius <laughs> because <laughs> of curiosity. Yes. That, that is what I got from all of that. Uh, and, yes. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, that's the mind of a child. If we learn like a child, just be curious explore. Yeah. We're going to be in love, be in love like a child. Just be curious. Yes. If you're going to study, study like a child, I wonder if I turn on the light switch, but you talked about the box, which takes mm-hmm. out the curiosity yeah. and put uh, the law of someone else's curiosity that more likely you would, you just don't fit in it. Yeah. And, and that's the, that's the thing that I think they need to change. I mean, I remember I would talk to professors, pull them and say, listen, this mark here, I don't deserve it. Mm. And they said, why? The answer was right. But his formula. Yes. I didn't use that. Yeah. And as a result of that, I'm being being punished for for not doing things their way. Exactly. Mm. And I remember when I was doing um, 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 organic uh, chemistry and I was doing engineering science, me, and I'm looking (laughs) and I'm like, okay, well, I know how to get the answer, but he wanted you to have therefore two and, and if you don't have it, he puts an X, which traumatized me, which brings me Uh, back. So I would go to him and I said, don't do that. mm -hmm. Don't do that. So I, I, I gained my voice. Yeah. You advocated for yourself. I had to. Yes. And I said, I didn't fail the class. I didn't get this wrong just because I didn't produce it the way the box says it. But I got the answer right. And it so sometimes it's like when I walk in the class and we have a new professor or a spear, just the way she look at me, you know, they send those little memos saying, <laughs> this black Chinese girl here. Because honestly, I was just like, literally, don't do that. Yeah. You know what it took for me to get here? Mm-hmm. don't do that mm-hmm. and I said did you ask me 
if I know how to, you just, whatever script they gave you, you just, that's the one over there. You can, you can tell my discernments are so sharp. And at the end of the day, I said, if you're going to fail me, rest assured, I didn't fail the class, right? I just didn't do it the way you were taught somebody else's curiosity. So when we get, for me, like I said, if we get to the place like that of a child, you're just curious about it. You never see the fear. Yeah. And people fear things that they need to control. Mm-hmm. I don't need to control the life that God has given me because he said he has given it to me freely. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I'm like, I have so many, like. <laughs> one at a time. One at a time. <laughs> I have so many questions. Um, and so many parts that I, I want to unpack because, you know, you're even confirming a conversation that I had earlier today. You know, when I, I went on my walk today and for me, my nature walks are my form of therapy. That's me, you know, reconnecting with the earth. And I've started to allow other people to walk with me. And I had two women of faith that walk with me today. And that became like ministry to us today out in nature. And we were talking about not putting God in a box. Yeah. Because we were brought up in, you know, not knocking the church at all, but we were brought up in certain environments where they put God in a box. And Religiosity. Yes. yes. And when you don't do things their way or one way or whatever, mm-hmm. you're ridiculed or you're looked at as the black sheep or you're you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love how you've just through curiosity uh, yeah. found your area of genius. I, I just love that. I thank God for it. You know, you talk about the church and the religiosity is choking the creativity of God's people. Mm. I'm not sure who said it, but they said, if you want to see the most untapped mind going to church. Ouch. I know. Mm. And it's the truth. It's the truth. Which led me to the book, Sex, Let's Talk About Sex in a Christian Bed. The religiosity that comes out of faith-based churches or organization. I think that is the biggest myth, myth or misleading of person or persons when it comes to a lot of things, but specifically sex. I said it, X-S-E-X, exclamation mark. The God of the universe created all things including science, sex is a bio, a biochemical reaction, just like breathing. Therefore, sex is life, exclamation mark. But for whatever reason, and as a, a woman of faith myself, I had to pull the brakes on that because the suburb influencers that were speaking from the platform tells me a lot that many of them are having or lack the knowledge of the science of sex. Mm. So you hear more condemnation that comes through ignorance. And the biggest thing that's, that strangles faith-based community is unresolved trauma. Because most of us go to church. Preach. But <laughs> we were traumatized. Mm. We were hurt. We were abused. So on and so on and so on. That's okay. Come broken contriness that's the law we're there why do you still feel like that yeah and why would some a person assume you stop experiencing life 
because you are now in, in, in that assembly. So when I wrote the first book, uh, Sex, Let's Talk About Sex in a Christian Bed, you know, I had to do the praying. I had to, I was just praying I didn't dose me down with Kalunga water because <laughs> it's, why do you want to talk? I said, why not? You're having young girls having sex in the church. Young boys confused. So much that is happening. There's so much confusion that is happening. Nobody's addressing it. So as a therapist now, I'm putting on another hat here. The, 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 the appetite for sex, so there's no evidence of sex, is going from the exit, not the entrance, if you know what I mean. Because from the exit, you cannot procreate. But from the entrance, if the condom breaks, if you forget your pill, what happened? And because the condemnation is so strong, what happens is once I don't get pregnant, nobody will know. But if you know who God is, it's not the people who are looking at you, but it's the omnipotent God who sees all things. And if you have that fear of God, isn't that the love of the first? That's God in himself, loving God. And I don't think God wants us. He doesn't want us to fear. He didn't write well, his word says he has not given us a spirit of fear. God has given us knowledge. And it shouldn't just be knowledge surrounding give tithes and offering and sow a seed. It should be in every area, relationship, intimacy, sex. Ladies, like I, I love talking on, on, on the platform, when it, especially the faith-based uh, community. I say to the singles lady and even husband, if you want to have the best sex with your partner, right? Time her cycle. She's either going to be, I don't know if I can use the word horny, but you can edit it out. But she's... Speak the truth, <laughs> girls. I'll speak the truth. <laughs> she, she's extremely horny before or after. And there's a period after that you can't touch her because all her minerals, nerve endings are so stimulated that you, she just feels, you know, just don't touch her. Once you get that, that law, the scientific law down, you get the best sex out of her and she will appreciate you more, right? When I share that on the pulpit, it's like, okay, let's talk, let's be real about it. We're a product of it and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. For those of us who have tasted, what do you do when you desire it and you, you're a lady in waiting? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Let's be real about this. Yeah. And those who are married and not having sex, is that not the same sex as if you are having sex outside of marriage? How come we don't talk about things like that? Mm. Mm. Because That's it's the same thing. And there are those who are willing to point the hand, point the finger. and say, Why? Because right now, if you have, the, like I know all the ladies listening says, you know, some woman says, you know, my, I was told that I'm possessed because just before my cycle, I feel like I need a, I, I need a smile on my face. Mm-hmm. Said you're normal, and they would say thank you for telling me because I was told by mother so and so and so. And then chances are, when you really talk to mother so and so, mother so and so is trapped in trauma. Yeah. yeah. So she can only give that advice to where she's at. Right. And that's why it's so important as believer or in general, know God for yourself. Amen. Because anyone who comes ought to come to confirm. Mm. If you're listening to the same voice of God, not to condemn. And then the word of God tells us 
there's no condemnation in him yeah. if you're walking after him. So you see sometimes where it gets a little bit dicey. Yeah. So as I said, when I wrote the book, it, it wasn't to teach you how to have sex. You, this position, that position, leg here, foot there. It's, <laughs> more, it's also to bring the, the conversation to the table. Yeah. To bring awareness to the table. Yeah. And then when we introduce it. I mean, we could talk for hours. The last seminar that I was speaking at, we started at seven and two o'clock in the morning. I had to beg them, please, I need to go home. I'm tired. Wow. Because just, we were just going on. And because the liberation came when there is this lady who is bold enough to come with the word of God to stay sex is life before a faith based community. Yeah. Couple of months later, they requested again, and I said, "That's it. I'm coming in my pajamas next time because <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw the sun coming up." Wow! But it, there's a need. Absolutely, it, absolutely. It, it, the gathering of of faith. It shouldn't just be about let's put a seed for a husband, a seed for a car, and so on and so. On. That don't bring anything of that Thank nature. You. Only Thank the you. word of God. Thank you. You and are I'm confirming a- everything that we just spoke about. In, in nature today on that walk, everything you were saying you. right now, you're confirming because we were talking about, it's sad that there are so many conversations that don't happen within the church and that there are people who are coming in with their trauma, who have been sexually abused as a child, who mm-hmm. have, were introduced to pornography at a young age, all these things. Mm-hmm. And then they go to church and the church is like, just pray about it. But these no. people need to no, process no. their trauma. Exactly. And I need to not, not, not just process it, feel safe yeah. about doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Feel safe about doing it. Listen, Conversation. Yeah. I'm a confident woman. I rock my cleavage. I rock my stilettos. Hey, mm-hmm. I, I shave my legs and I rock my miniskirt. God love me less or more. Mm. What God admires is the word yeah. of God. And if you're confident in you own that. Yeah. Own it. Yeah. But there are those who like to body shame. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, this, the, the, the conversation needs to happen. So again, I, I salute you. Platforms like this and others, like we have to keep the momentum going once a week, once a month, once a year, because couples need this before you become coupled. You have to be coupled with yourself yeah. to know what want what you love there's another topic they talk about a lot or they choose not to talk about is self-pleasure i call it self-knowing i am not to say i'm not here telling you do or don't do but there should be something about you says you know what i know i like this and then when you get with your partner you build up but here it is you come out you're all in white looking like the virgin mary and he comes out in leather and whip now <laughs> like seriously you're not on the same page <laughs> exactly should mm-hmm. they have the conversation before they go to that route <laughs> then you would know leather and whip is going to come out with some lace mm-hmm. yeah yeah long story short <laughs> at the end of the day i thrive on the premise of god's word mm-hmm. It's the only thing that heals and delivers mm-hmm. a lot. The book that I just released don't mix fate with foolishness. Mm. Only one conversation. And that's exactly what it ties in everything that I brought today. Yeah. Because 
when it comes to health and wellness, there's only one reason why people are sick. And the key is what we don't see, which is unforgiveness. Mm. When we look at the mineral analysis, and I can see what is happening on the inside, that to the naked eye, the average person can't see. And you can see certain numbers of minerals, how high they are. That only happens out of rage mm. and anger and pain. And you may be the cat's meow now, but 10 years ago, somebody hurt you. He didn't forgive them. Right. That is recorded. And you know what happens if you don't get to the place of release? It breaks down the integral system of the body. Wow. And there lies the symptomology of whatever you're dealing with. So many patients who have come and they've, they said, I've been to so many specialists and so on and so on and so on. And when I get to the results and I said, I see pain here. And of course the water works. Some of them burp, some of them flagellants, pass gap, like how it comes out. Yeah. And then they go, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. And they will pick up the phone and call the person says, you know what? So, and the symptoms reduces, retards, it goes back. Mm-hmm. So many, those who have had cancer, all these different symptomology, we have to get to the place of saying, you know what? I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And not because you think you're at a place of peace, that mean it didn't happen. Because when I, when we do the mineral tests, chances are it shows, it still yeah. shows. But if you're at a place of peace because you're forgiven and release it, not this thing, I'm, I'm going to forgive you, but I'm not, I'm going to, I'm not going to forgive you. You have a forgetting if you right. want to remember, right? Yeah, yeah. So, at the end of the day, it, there's only one cause and it's unforgiveness. Wow. Because the body is so intense. Remember, this is God's word, you know, that became flesh. And if anything is against the grain of the biochemicals, his word. Not in harmony. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It creates confusion. Yeah. And all the confusion is symptomology of everything else. Yeah. See? So, my practice is just that. It's not just a practice. I call it a ministry. Yeah. I call it, um, it's really a ministry. Um, Isaiah 60 talks about setting cap. Listen, my story in terms of what I've gone through, I can only do what I do because of what God became in order for me to go through it. So I yeah. can identify certain things. Yeah. And I'm proud of that. Yeah. I am not the therapist when it comes to certain woman issue and trials and stuff where I stick my nose up in a place of how could you let that happen? I embrace that person. Yeah. Empathy and compassion. You you have to. Yeah. I may not have gone through the same experience, but the emotion is the same thing. Yeah. And at the Alabaster Wellness Clinic, we, we offer wellness. I've even had persons who are atheists. They don't believe in God. But through the interaction, this is, I don't know, and they call it energy, they call it so on and so on, which is fine, mm-hmm. which is fine. Yeah, because you have to have something to believe in. It's a different and name I won't, for the same thing. Exactly. And I yeah. won't take anything away. My thing is, the, the takeaway is unlock your minerals or through your minerals, let's obtain health. That's it. Simple. So whether you're coming for the the hair in terms of the alopecia and the auto, whether you're coming 
because symptomology of, of, of the external on the dermis, on the skin, whether you're coming from mental health, whether you're coming, listen, you run every day, you, but you're still having headaches and so on. When you, it's there. All we do is just a mineral analysis, and that's the mean to get us to where we need to get to. And that's it. And I always, as I said before, I don't heal anyone. God gives me the wisdom to do it. And that is the 100% turnover that comes, you know, through the clinic. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I know that I'm in purpose. And this is my purposeful life by the grace of God. So I've had some bumps along the road. And boy, some days I didn't know how I was going to get up. I, 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 I'll say this. I remember, you know, just not feeling well. And the next thing I know, I was having a surgery. The next thing I know, I was in a coma. Wow. The next thing I know, the, the, the very experience of that, you know, was just amazing. And it proved, again, God is real because the surgeon itself, himself, who was who is Caucasian to the naked eyes? With what happened on the on the, the table, my body just shut down. And they went in to take a tumor, which they measured to be a grapefruit. And I understand when they cut me, it looked like a nine-pound baby. Wow. And my stomach was as flat as ever. Wow. But I was in a lot of pain. And I would run every day. I do everything that I was doing before. And I remember, all I remember is in the middle of, well, well, I was in a coma. And all I remember uh, getting up out of the coma and I saw a nurse and I said, excuse me, ma'am, do you think I can take a bath? And I heard her shouting, she's alive, she's alive. And I went, what the heck? Why is she making so much noise? Because I don't know if you've ever been in a coma, but when you come through Everything, you're now sensitive to sound and so on. So why is she talking so? And when I looked around, I, my, my toes were tagged. And I was like, somebody that messed up my pedicure. And I was like, what is going on? Oh, I was just like, what is going on? What and thing? And I'm looking, I'm seeing a tube here. And so, I said, okay. So my mother came in, her eyes were said, mom, I just want to have a shower. She said to the doctor, well, if she's asking for a shower, she's fine. because." That's just what you do. You, mm-hmm. you know, you've been lying for being in the shower. And then the doctor, as I said, who's Caucasian, he came in and all of a sudden he started to burst some, some patois. I said, you're Jamaican? He goes, what happened to you? I have no English. I have to talk <laughs> to my roots. And he goes, we're going to have to study what happened. So I know God. Mm. God, he is so, ah. Uh, uh, He's so amazing to me. And I don't have to prove anything to anyone. Yeah. And I don't have to make, I would not allow anyone to let me feel like I need to prove anything to them. Yeah. Because unless, no pun intended, you walk in my stilettos. Mm, you don't know. You can't write the ending of my story. Yeah. So I went in a coma. And of course, I'm working. My practice is home. So I lost everything I had. Nobody knows you in the coma. Oh, gosh. I think I was, my mother told me I was down for maybe, um, I think I was out for a month. Wow. Or a couple, something along that line. A couple weeks or thereabout, but it just feels like dog years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
And here is it, I come out and I have to relearn everything now. And uh, I had obviously I couldn't work, I couldn't do anything. And then when you see persons, they would more likely see or hear what you've lost, but nobody knows what happened. Right. And if what I have gone through and to become who I am today, mm-hmm. nothing but the grace of God. Yeah. I want you to tell the people where they could stay connected with you online to, to get more <laughs> of Dr. Nadine Wong because <laughs> they need more of you. So again, thank you for the opportunity for <laughs> this excellent platform. You know, my, my, my cheeks are, are just beaming because I'm just so excited just to, for this experience. Now, ladies, gentlemen, you know, lend me your ears. If that which I've shared about how great God is through the Alabaster Wellness Clinic, and of course, me as a vessel in terms of what he has used me uh, or is still using me to do to fulfill purpose, Alabaster Wellness Clinic or info at alabasterwellness.com or alabaster www.alabasterwellness.com. Or for those of you who don't like to get on the computer, call me, area code 905-831-4325. Um, I want to tell you all the captions, you know, I'm on Instagram and so on and so on under the same name, which is fine. I don't know for those who may be in Toronto, I'm literally in, in Pickering, right next to Pickering Gold Station at 1400 Bailey Street, Suite 8A, as simple as that. And um, again, it's, it's just the, the clinic where if you're looking for more in terms of causation, uh, not just so focused on symptomology. It's it's the place to be. The products itself, it speaks for themselves because, as I said, they're made to order without the heaviness, the preservatives, and the result speaks for themselves. And again, Madame, I thank you for this platform, for me, for us to walk together in our stiletto heels. Yes, thank you so much. Like, honestly, I will definitely have all of your details um, in the details section of the episode so they can just click and connect with you directly. I want to make sure that they don't have any issues finding you. Um, And we will definitely, definitely have you back on the show. So for the final segment of the show, I call it a walk in her wisdom. And I just ask you a couple of quick reflection questions and you share the first thing that comes to mind, whether that be one word or one sentence. Um, Sometimes I break my own rules and ask you to unpack, but we'll see how this goes. (laughs) All right. Okay, let's All right. Do it. Okay. Um, name one of the most worthwhile investments that you've ever made. And that could be of money, time, I've energy. I've made the best investment in myself. Love it. Okay. Uh, what new belief, behavior, or habit has improved your life in the last five years? Belief manifests belief. Mm-hmm. What have you become better at saying no to in the last five years? And that could be, I don't know, distractions, invitations, family. I would say I have become better in recognizing the importance of time management so it does not evolve or trap me in a place of trauma, a guilt of trauma. So balancing my time, identify the, the trauma that is happening and get to the place of resolving. Because we, we never escape trauma. Mm-hmm. And it's always bombarding us. 
but just the time management and just, you know, getting to the place of, wait a minute, this is not a safe place for me. So I need to leave this, leave this state of mind. Mm. Powerful. What's the biggest surprise that you've had in the past year? You know what? The biggest surprise is not to be surprised. (laughs) Not to be surprised. The element of surprise don't surprise me anymore because I keep looking to God who makes all things possible. Mm. So the doorbell ring, somebody called an email. We're having this conversation. Yeah. I'm not surprised because I believe when you're in a place of purpose, you should be expecting Mm -hmm. the fulfillment of that, which God's word or your purpose is all about. So. Love it. Love it. Okay. Uh, Last but not least, what do you wish women would do more of? Own your identity. Write your story with your pen. Don't allow anyone else to do it. And if you're not sure how to do it, seek professional help. Not other person's trauma. Otherwise, you'll be trapped. And when those propel because they have gotten or found the light, you will naturally feel rejected, which we don't want. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easier to say, woman, let's celebrate each other and so on and so on. We say it, but we really don't carry it out because it comes back to the place of, do you really know who you are? Mm-hmm. You really, do you really, really know who you are? And once you know, I like to describe and appreciate your curves, the essence of who you are. Mm-hmm. That's just what essence is about, is what comes out of you. And once you can tap into that, no one else can take that from you. Yes. So you got to own that. But you got to get to the knowledge, the place of who you are. And once you can do that, even though we may all wear size nine stilettos, <laughs> but the click in our steps is different. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The click in our steps is different because... The click in our steps determine, are we, do we have more gluteus maximus, which is the buttocks? Are we pumping more, you know, boobilicious or are we elongate? So the bone structure, the weight, the, the, the sound will be different. And if we know how to orchestrate that, we will now sound like a symphony. Yes. More than a confusion. <laughs> con, 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 you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Nadine Wong, for coming on and sharing your story and your gems and your wisdom with us. Like, I truly, truly appreciate you. Honestly, I, I don't take your time lightly. I'm grateful that you have said yes to come on and co create this experience with me. Well, thank you. Thank you again. And I'll say yes a thousand times. Whenever you are so inclined as the Lord lead, I am here. And I mean, even to your audience, I always say my password is valid. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. (laughs) To all you legacy leavers out there, until next time, subscribe on all platforms and don't forget to rate the show and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. 
I just want to thank every single one of you that tunes in every single week and listens to the show to help us rank globally in the top 1.5% most popular shows in the world. That's, you know, counting over 2.5 million podcasts. <laughs> if you want to join the community of legacy leavers, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter at awalkinmystilettos.com to receive your free copy of the gratitude journal. You can also grab any one of my personal development books online everywhere. And if you could think of two women that would receive value from hearing Dr. Nadine Wong's story, please share it with them. Feel free to screenshot this week's episode and you can tag Nadine at Alabaster Wellness. You can tag myself at The Real McKinney Smith and continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling.